Hello all, welcome to Fangirl Talk. Uh, happy to have you all here with us today. And happy as always to be with my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. How are you doing, Steph? I'm doing well, Tracy. How are you? I am good. I'm very excited about our guest today. I'm very excited to welcome Josh Eberly from NBA Canada and Hoop Magazine to the show. Josh, welcome to Fangirl Talk. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, Josh is no stranger to Fangirl Sports Network, as he has had many of our fangirls contribute articles for him. Josh, can you talk a little bit about how that started and how you became aware of us and uh, kind of what the fangirls bring, what they bring to the table when they contribute? Yeah, like anyone who knows me knows I like to collaborate with people. I'm, I'm a big proponent of using NBA Twitter to, to form a network and collaborate with other people in the industry. I knew Steph first and just kind of knew her through the Twitter blogosphere and had her, I think, with Roundtable the first time come in and contribute with me. And then, um, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, as you've heard it all, but, you know, a lot of the time when it, the question of more women being involved in sports journalism comes up, there's a lot of people who would say, well, I don't know anyone who, any women who work in sports journalism, but the Fangirl Network sort of provides an outlet to get people involved. And uh, yeah, it's, I've been happy to knock on those doors. Fantastic. I mean, yes, we have tons of women in sports. That's pretty much how we roll uh, with fangirls for every NBA and NFL team. So we can provide that outlet for anybody looking. There's my shameless plug of the network. Um, since we are Fangirl Sports Network, I'm going to ask you a question about fan bases. And then, Steph, I'm going to let you move into some of the more hard-hitting or more substantive questions um, about what's going on this season. But, Josh, would you be willing to tell us who your most likable fan base is or who your most annoying fan base is, in your opinion, <laughs> in the NBA? <laughs> you know what? It's funny because this this changes year to year because I I feel when I really started to get into the business and started blogging, started writing – the Miami Heat were coming off the 2012 championship, heading into the 2013 season, and the Heat fans were intolerable to me. Now I think it's the Lakers with the Warriors pretty close. So maybe there's some correlation with winning and, and whiny fans. I don't know. I think that that probably is true. Uh, there's also not with the Warriors, but there's a LeBron factor in a couple of those situations as well. I'm coming from a very big LeBron fan. I'm going to be very upfront about that. But um, it is uh, kind of funny that I could see that could be the case. I bet people would say the same thing about Patriots fans. Uh, with, they're a fan base. Without a doubt. With, with, without, without a doubt. doubt. Without <laughs> doubt. Uh, oh, yeah, no, so yeah. Steph would say that for sure. No doubt about that. Um, I know Steph wanted to talk to you about the MVP race in the NBA. So, Steph, I will let you take it away there. Okay, so one of the big things everybody's like prophesying right now is that it's going to be James Harden again. He's going to get back-to-back MVPs. I have something to say about that. I think that there's other options, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, well, like yeah, today I would not be voting for James Harden. Today I would be voting for Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Bucks have the best record in the NBA. He's been more consistent as the season has gone on. He's more of a factor defensively. I know the shot, especially in today's NBA, is a big factor for people. I know they want to see everybody taking five or six three-pointers three a night, and Giannis doesn't do that. But I think Giannis has been the most dominant player in basketball this year, and his team has the best record. So I, I can't see why we wouldn't reward him with the MVP. All right, fantastic. I was at. I was. Oh, I was yeah, at I mean, that's where I was at. I was at 
Giannis as well. I just think that there's a big star factor there, and I think that it's always going to be an issue, especially with James Harden fans. And I think um, they have the potential to, like, vote, 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 and it's not always fair. But we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. What, what what do you what do you sorry just to clarify like what do you mean by that like uh, in terms of the star factor? Well, I think that he's absolutely really good at basketball. I think he brings a lot of stuff, and I think the fans love him. I think the Rockets um, enjoy more of their fan base, so they have more fans to vote. I mean, because they're a big market team compared to like the Bucks, who are a small market team. I mean, it's just, it's sort of, at this point, just like math. Yeah, well, so I think in terms of, I, I guess their star appeal and their brand building, you're definitely onto something. But but I will say, I mean, we, we've seen this in, in the past with like stars who have been really good for a long time, but they're just not the national face of the league, like the Hardens and the Currys are. But this year, I mean, Giannis was second in MVP or in all-star voting behind LeBron. And with the MVP right. vote, it's it's going to come down solely to the ballot of, of the media. So the fans won't have a say. Now, I, I don't know how the NBA is making their list this year. Like they removed team broadcasters two years mm-hmm. ago. So yeah. I don't know what the demographic is. Like how many votes does Texas have right. versus uh, is Milwaukee and Illinois? You know, forgive me. I'm Canadian. But Milwaukee's so, in Wisconsin. It's in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm sure Texas has more votes than Wisconsin, but there will be it will be a media ballot of 100 and so uh, media members. So I don't think like the fan appeal will matter as much. I don't think it's going to matter necessarily, but I do think it's going to matter some part because it's just the way it is. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of star power, and I think that the media, especially in the NBA, has their faves. You know, they they have their favorites. And and Giannis is a fave, so I think he should absolutely, absolutely get it one hundred percent. But I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't have as much faith in the media members that get to vote than others. I guess. I, I think it would take a big push. Like honestly, like I, I'm with you, and I, I I hope that you I hope that you're wrong. To be honest, because I I'm, I, I would not. Yeah. I, I would not love to see him get it again. <laughs> but, I mean, they're, they're eight eight back in the loss column, eight back in the win column. If, if Houston went on a tear to end the year, I could see it. But it would just seem rather short-sighted to give him another MVP for some kind of empty stat months where they were barely above 500 Chris, because Chris Paul was out. Okay, so let me tell you this. So do you think Giannis is a lock? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's a lock, but I, I, I would still have him as the favorite right now. Okay. All right. Fair enough. You heard that. It's uh, this will air March nineteenth. Giannis is the favorite uh, to be MVP. I would like you to note that after this discussion, I'm pulling for Giannis. I am on Team Giannis. <laughs> I might have a T-shirt made, but I'm now pulling for Giannis 100. Um, for the great people of Wisconsin, I would like him to get the MVP after this conversation. So you guys have convinced me. Unfortunately, I'm not voting, but. <laughs> You have totally convinced me. For the people of Wisconsin and also for the people of Illinois. We got you, Illinois. And for the people of Illinois, just because they're not that far from Wisconsin. And any people people that is not Texas, like, I'm okay with that. Which is weird because you're a a Cowboys fan, which blew my mind. 
<laughs> yeah, but Cowboys fans and, and Rockets fans aren't necessarily in the same bag. And James Harden does not play for the Cowboys. I think that's the other thing that's important to remember. <laughs> that, that major key. Well, you know what? As long as we're we're talking Bucks and everything, why don't we talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs? The playoff fixtures obviously coming together. They start in what three weeks? Is that correct? The the playoffs will start on April 13th. The season ends on April 10th. Okay. So they're starting yeah. April 13th. So who do you guys what, – what series are you most looking forward to and who do you think um, – I mean, I know who Steph thinks is definitely going to win the championship, but there may be trouble in paradise, even though I think it's the same – we've talked about this before. I think it's akin to in October talking about how there's trouble with the Patriots and then they win the Super Bowl. So – you know, we'll see. But Josh, I'm interested to hear kind of what series you're most excited about seeing as things stand today. Yeah, I, I think honestly, everyone is going to pencil in the Warriors to win. I mean, it, it's just, it's faux pas not to, and there's no real, there's no amount of drama. There's no amount of rumors about Kevin Durant or DeMarcus Cousins injuries or Draymond and Steve Kerr, maybe melding things at each other that would change my mind. The Warriors are just that much more talented. However, in the Eastern Conference, I think Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, and Boston really are set to have a couple of great series. And it would be unfortunate if if something happened where those guys had to play, you know, before the semifinals. But I would love to see really any of those four teams in any matchup. I think we would get, you know, your money's worth as an NBA fan that's been looking for some parody, some some competition. And not being able to pencil in, like honestly, Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, Boston. I have no idea who's coming out of the East, and it is incredibly exciting to have that. A Philly Boston series would just be cool for because those cities would be. I mean, I just think that would be awesome. Um, also, the talent on both of those teams, I think, would would match up well. But I think that would be exciting. Steph, aside from the Warriors, of course, who are you excited to watch in the playoffs? I I am scared to death of Boston. I don't know why, but I think it's more about how they are able, and the Sixers, to be honest, which he didn't miss. But I think the Sixers play the Warriors really well. Like the way they defend, I think the way they're able to get to the basket, it's all very good. And it's something that the Warriors, until now, haven't had to face. I think everyone else, I think they can compartmentalize and win those games but those are the two teams that I I and the Raptors are good as well I mean there's no doubt about it like I mean those are the four and that's sort of been the whole talk this NBA season is they're the four out of the east and I'm happy about that that there's you know a competent um player there's a competent opponent but um for some reason, I do think if you're going to look at who has the Warriors number, the two teams that kind of worry, worry me are the Sixers and the Celtics. I don't know if the Sixers can get there, though. With, I mean, they can, but I don't know if they're going to face it you know, absolutely correctly. They're going to face what absolutely correctly? That they're going to like get to the... Warriors. Oh, they're the, that's they might lose to everyone else, but it it all has to happen perfectly for them. Got it. I see what you're saying. Um, does any of the reported discord in Warrior Land concern you as a fan staff? Um, not 
really. <laughs> I, I just think that, <laughs> I know, I and, I and I get it. I think some things are concerning. I think Katie's probably going to go. I don't know if we're going to go there. But I just think it's premature for us, you know, to say that now. I mean, he's probably going to go. But does he want to win now? Does he want another ring? He's under of course. Is he going to do everything he can in his power to get there? Of course. Cousins was a one-year deal. Everybody knows that. Um, I think when it comes time to play, they're all going to be in. They're going to get their ring. And then next year, we can have that conversation. But the Discord, they're going to put aside at least until we're, we're done with the championship. And I'd be and surprised I, if I'd be surprised if they didn't win it. I would be shocked. Sorry, there is no reason. There is absolutely no reason to apologize for that. Um, I am obviously much more an NFL expert than an NBA expert, but I do follow the NBA, and I would also be shocked if the Warriors didn't win. I just don't think there's any team that can beat them. And Steph, I do think you're right. If there are any two teams that have their numbers, it would be the Celtics or the Sixers, but. When push comes to shove, no pun intended, um, in a seven-game series, I just think you have the most talent by far on the Warriors. And I also think that when it comes down to it, they can play well together. But Josh, uh, Steph brought up an interesting point about next year. And something I'd love to talk about is kind of the hottest free agents for 2019-2020. I'd love to get your thoughts on who those people are, who the most sought after will be, and where you think people may end up a lot of questions in one i apologize yeah there's a lot there i mean i, I think the writing is on the wall for both kyrie irving and kevin durant i i think both are going to leave i think wow. we've got enough sound bites this season and and side stories and you know when, when par- people like chris haynes and marcus thompson who are around that team are saying they got a gut feeling that you know kevin durant is leaving i'm, I'm gonna go with that and given, you know, Kevin Durant's social media usage and everything that's been reported, there's been nothing to refute that all year. But that being said, I agree with Steph. I just – I think he, he he's going to want to leave on a three-peat. He's not going to want to leave, you know, two and a bit. And and I think they'll get it done this year. And then next year, you know, the, the league will open up a bit um, in theory. But I do think Kevin Durant's going to move. I think Kyrie's going to move. I do – you know, my gut is that they're both going to go to New York. Um I, I still have this feeling in the pit of my stomach that despite, you know, all of the talk about Porzingis not being happy and his knee and the Knicks being the Knicks and, you know, all the fun storylines and jokes you can make, the New York Knicks don't deal the most talented player they've had on the roster since Patrick I Ewing. I if, it, in, unless there's a wink wink deal somewhere and whether that's with Kyrie or Durant or both, I, you know, it, it just, it just felt like there was more information that they had that the general public didn't have. And I would be shocked if they didn't get at least one of the two. If they get both, yeah, they they're... become the new super team. Are they the super team of the East? Hmm. You know what? On paper, you'd think that the two of them, <laughs> plus whatever else they put in there, would be enough. But like the Warriors are still a really good team, assuming that they bring back Clay Thompson, which I think they will. You know, Demarcus Cousins is getting hurt again. Maybe he comes back again on the MLE. I, I think the Warriors are still very much in it. I think the other four teams in the East are still in it. Um, but they would they would be right in there. So I, I really hope that they, it's them too, and they don't also win the lottery and then swing the Zion pick oh. for Anthony Davis because then it would be then it would just be resetting the super team in New York rather than Golden State. 
I'm really hoping it's Kyrie and KD and then mixing and matching pieces because that team is beatable while still being really good. So you brought up Anthony Davis, um, and I wanted to talk about that too. Obviously, we had the situation earlier um, in the season about the potential trade and then the fake trade with the Lakers, the whole thing that was very odd. But where do you think he ends up? Where do you think he fits well? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, the Lakers, they tried. They, I mean, they, they, they really tried. I'll give them that. And it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And now the Lakers are essentially waving the white flag. Uh, LeBron is going to be 36 years old by the time Anthony Davis can walk over there as a free agent. He'll be 37, I believe, before he can walk into the playoffs. Um, I, I, I don't know that the Lakers are going to happen. And, and I, I know Davis wants to go there right now, but he's going to land wherever he lands this summer, and I don't think it'll be the Lakers. And he's going to have a decision to make. And, and I still think the Dark Horse team makes the most sense because I don't think if, if Kyrie Irving leaves that Danny Ainge is giving up multiple picks and Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and whoever else is needed to get that deal done. So I think we are still going to see a team we haven't heard of, like an Atlanta, a Toronto, a Denver, someone who hasn't been mentioned with all the other suitors kind of swoop in and take a chance and try to replicate what the Thunder did with Paul George and bringing in what, what could be appear to be a one-year rental and then swinging the long-term deal. I, I think we're going to see someone swing for that home run. Yeah, and how great has Paul George been this year? I mean, give me a break. He's It's been more than I ever, and I would ever even think that he could do. So I think I think you're absolutely right. And I, I wanted the Lakers to be really good this year. I wanted them to, like, you're not alone. I think basketball is always better with the Lakers, you know? And... <laughs> I wanted the I wanted the Bay Area versus LA thing. I was really pulling for them to be good again, and man, what a disappointment! Make the list yeah. again. Is that should we, is there like? <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people were with were with you on that though. Like I, I didn't necessarily want the Lakers to be the Lakers are the one percenters of NBA fans. Like right. I, I get frustrated with the Warriors fans and their entitlement <laughs> factor because they've just been living in, in, in the, the deluxe mansions the last few years, living that good life. But the Lakers have had like if you've been a Lakers fan for twenty years, you've already seen five championships. I mean, life is right. pretty good. You've had, you know, uh, now you've had what everyone in the top four or four of the top five scores ever on your team. Like Lakers fans have had enough, but I was I would have been interested if the Lakers had swung Paul George or Kawhi Leonard and been legitimate this year. It might have been fun to see them actually have a team that could punch Golden State in the mouth a little bit. But clearly, when right. you're bringing in Rondo and McGee and those guys, it was just never meant to be. And well, as a Lakers fan who grew up a Lakers fan um, and has been watching them for many years, um, I also really wanted to see them good again. Um, but but no, it was definitely not to be. And then we have the poor Clippers here who are totally, you know, exceeding yeah. expectations and nobody cares. And there was a time several years ago, I mean, we're talking like probably like 15 years ago, um, 12 15 years ago, I guess, when the, the Clippers were good and, they, and um, people did get excited about it. And then they didn't. And it's just like the Clippers are just, it's just unfortunate because here they are exceeding expectations with a team like who, like who's on that team and nobody care. All anybody talks about is LeBron, but it's interesting. This is a Lakers town. And so even when the Rams were in the Super Bowl, you had to go down. If you went to the LA times Super Bowl weekend, you had to go down like six or seven articles 
to get to a Rams, like to, in terms of most popular articles, to get to a Rams articles. Everything was Lakers. And then spring training hadn't, hadn't even started yet. And it was Dodgers above the Rams. So this is very much a Laker town. Um, sorry for the Clippers, but everyone here wanted them to be good. And there is a lot of disappointment around here um, over what has happened to the Lakers. And I actually would like to pose a question to both of you. Luke Walton, it seems, will probably be fired at the end of the season. Do you guys think that's fair? Uh, you think Go ahead. No, go ahead, John. Uh, <laughs> it's tough. I, I, I don't really think he got a fair shake this year. I think the front office gave him a pretty garbage team around LeBron James, if we're, if we're being completely honest. I don't think the Lakers, outside of this last month of, from Ingram before he got hurt, I don't think he got anything special with the Lakers youth. They did a poor job with the rest of the money that they had. Um, and then he lost LeBron James for 18 games when he went out with a groin injury. It was a tough situation. He's also not Magic Johnson's guy or his pick. He was in a tough spot from the get-go. While I understand the organization might want to move in a different direction, have someone who's more compatible with LeBron and Magic, it does feel like he's kind of getting the short end of the stick there. I agree. Steph, what do you think? So obviously I'm a big Luke Walton fan because I've seen him. I've seen him take a championship team all the way, you know? So I, this is just watching him a day in, day out. Like I feel like, all the Warriors are my friends because I watch them every single day. <laughs> they you are know, your friends. I know them. You know what I mean? They're like, you know, my BFFs. So when I see Luke Walton and the way he's been, he's just so happy all the time. He has a huge smile, you know, across his face day in, day out. And this probably last 20 games, no smile. He's not happy. And you know what? You Lakers, you might be doing him a favor as far as I'm concerned because he's clearly not getting what he signed up for. And I do think that he has a systematic play. And I think that they think it's not working for them. But I think there's so many things. He's not the GM. He didn't draft those guys. He didn't do the free agents. They're already into cap hell, and here he has to. He, he's just the coach. He's not the GM. He can't create players. He can try to do what he can, but he has to work with the guys that are given to him. That's his job, and I think they're making it more. Well, and the players have to play, and I think that is a place. This is not groundbreaking. What I'm going to say, but coaches bear the brunt of this all the time, and. Some teams are not well coached and some teams just don't have great players, but the coach gets blamed a lot of the time. And it's unfortunately just the business of coaching. Um, I say it all the time in college that it's unfair college coaches, their job security is dependent on the whims of children. Um, you know, you have 18, 19, 20 year old, 21 year old, 22 year old players. And obviously we're talking NBA, but I think generally in coaches, they get blamed for things all the time and this Lakers team other than LeBron is not a good team and you know there was this idea we'll bring LeBron here and it'll change everything but obviously it has not done that so I agree it's not fair do you guys think he ends up with another head coaching job somewhere or he'll end up an assistant somewhere next season I think you'll probably have to go back to the assistant ranks like we just went through a large 
uh, run of turnover in the NBA head coaching. And, and I think, you know, I look at Nate McMillan, who's doing so well now, like he had to go back to being an assistant before he got another opportunity. And I think that's probably a similar situation for Luke Walton. I agree. I think obviously that um, I think he was sort of successful with the Lakers, but something changed. There was a dynamic. There wasn't a good fit, whatever it was. But if he goes back, he goes back. It's not the end of the world. You should tell Luke Walton that. It's not the end of the world, and it's going to be fine. I will. You should I'll tell, tell him. him. Well, and it's not. I mean, that's coaching. That's coaching. That's just that's just the way it works. Um, so I would like from both of you, um, can you both give me a dark horse team that you think will go farther in the playoffs than anybody thinks they will? Uh, <laughs> I like ugh. <laughs> Hard hitting questions here, you guys. So on the West, that's what we do or- here at Fanbrill Sports Network. <laughs> Okay, I I think that I'm gonna say Denver is gonna go a little bit further than we think. Okay, Josh. Further than the Warriors? No, no. I, oh, don't laugh at me, Josh. I'm not saying for, I'm not. I, I'm not asking for. I I'm not saying is there a candidate other than the Warriors that you think is gonna surprise everybody to win it? I just mean that might go an extra round. I, I feel like anyone in the West is tough to pick because, like, if you pick anyone in the West. To win, like every, any, if you told me any team, like the Thunder went around, the Spurs went around, I'd be like, okay. But anyone winning more than a round tells me that they're like either hopping the Warriors or, you know, going up against the Warriors. Yeah. It's just tough. So I, I can't even look at the West. It's just, it, we're just yeah. waiting for Golden State to advance. I, honestly, if we just wanted to skip it <laughs> and give them the spot, fine. Like, so be it. It's We've all been talking about it for too. three years I- anyway. It's funny, but jo- I've been feeling that way too. Like when I'm when I'm keeping track of the NBA, the West, I don't even really pay attention because I'm like, I know who's going to win that. Um, I'm like more interested in what's going on in the East, and it just seems like a foregone conclusion. I I swear, if I have to watch Portland play Golden State one more time, if I have to watch Damian Lillard to go for 49 points in a 25 point loss one more time, I'm I just can't. I can't do it. Um, I th- I think like this the real. My hottest take, but I don't want to do it, would be like the Pistons who've been playing really good basketball the last month winning a round would not surprise me. And then beating Toronto would be the most crushing but very on-par moment for Toronto Raptors basketball of all time after letting Casey go. So maybe we'll we'll just float that into the, the atmosphere, and I hope I'm wrong for my fellow Canadians' sake, but I can see it. Consider it floated. How's yeah. that? Consider it <laughs> Consider it floated. Um, I'd be all in on that. I went to Michigan from LA, but went to Michigan. Um, so I could totally root for the Pistons. And my first major interview uh, when I was in college was with Grant Hill after a Pistons game. So oh, cool. they hold a special place in my heart. So um, I'm totally down with that floating Pistons theory. Um <laughs> So what is your prediction of the championship? Will it Golden State versus Boston, Golden State versus Philly? Who do you think? Each of you get to pick. Sure. I, you know, obviously, as you know, Golden State on the one side. And then I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I feel like everyone's going out of their way to try and be cute and pick Toronto or Philly or Boston, despite them being significantly worse teams this year. And I'm just 
I'm not going to do it. I see Milwaukee. I see the net rating. I see them leading the league in wins. I think Giannis is going to win MVP. He's putting up numbers like prime Shaq while running the offense. And I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to try to be, be cute. I'm just going to say Milwaukee versus Golden State. All right, Steph, who do you see as your finals prediction? And then we are going to sign off. I I think I I'm sort of torn, but by the Bucks and the Celtics, okay. um, and I really don't care. Like either one's fine, but I do think the Celtics is probably going to give them more havoc. I think it'll be a more exciting finals. And if this is what NBA says, you know, like NBA fans, we ruin the league, blah blah blah. I think that's going to be your most enjoyable game and more enjoyable series. So that's that's my pick. All right. You guys heard it here first. Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to have you. And Steph, thank you as always. Of course. All right. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll talk to you. Go Dubs. Bye. Go Dubs. Go Dubs. <laughs>